0: Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to and showcase qualities of planetary leadership. My name is Julian Guderley. I'm a transformational coach, a breathwork teacher, and committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive. I'm your host and creator of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview in the Rehuman series with my co-host Rodrigo Cunha. Our guest today is Sebastian Lindström. Sebastian is a mystery to himself and a camel herded to others. Sweden made him, the world shaped him. Academically curious at five universities in West and East, studied everything and ended up working with something totally different, the classic path. And he co-founded What Took You So Long, a guerrilla filmmaking organization with Alicia Sully in 2009 roaming this magnificent earth with a team of 15 storytellers in pursuit of visual magic that can spark your mind to alter your understanding of a topic or location. And so with these words, I'm really excited for our time together here today. Welcome, Sebastian.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, let's, 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 <laughs> let's begin our mystery journey today. And you know, we we vowed before this recording that we're going to we're going to give our best to bring out our inner childlike joy into this episode and connect us from uh, San Francisco to New mm-hmm. Mexico to Brazil. And, and so maybe let me start there. Like, you know, how how are you living such a crazy journey, just being all over the place, following your deepest intuition? Um, what would you say is like one of the core um, qualities that allows that to consistently be your re-
1: reality? Wow, 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 wow. I think that we should uh, add a little bit of context to this moment in uh, human history, right? We're living pandemic times. And um, as the corona outbreak started to move outside of China, I felt a strong desire to uh, step up. For the last uh, 10 years, I've been a filmmaker and learning from the people around me and creating spaces where people can come in and unlock their creative path through filmmaking. And I felt that there would be a moment where all storytellers will come together. And maybe we are living that time now where the storytellers are coming out from their hibernation from their accumulation of uh, experiences so that we are able to come together to create this collective story that we need for the bigger shift that is upon us and i just went for it i've been fortunate to work with an organization that are doing food relief during at chaotic times, during earthquakes, during different forms of natural disasters, during tsunamis, during wildfires, and I had this opportunity to jump on a plane to fly to Tokyo in, in February because of the ship that was docking south of Tokyo, the Corona ship, as it became called, right? Uh, 3,500 passengers, and in the end, uh, one third of them got the virus. And this was very early on in the pandemic. All the governments were scrambling to figuring out what would be the the next step in policy, in protecting its citizens, in trying to figure out how to create a normalcy in this unknown. And uh, in Japan we started to figure out how to bring food to the ship and I was filming this story of how we make food kind of secretly over at the Hilton in Tokyo and then moving it down to Yokohama, the port 30 minutes south of the capital and then reheating it on the dock and then bringing it on board the ship through forklift uh, through a hazmat suit outfit that The person who brought it onto the ship were. And I don't think that anybody knew what was coming at that time, but I found myself at that right place where I could film the story of how humans from different parts of the world come together to start using food as that common denominator of what is so necessary in times of hardship, in times of uncertainty. When we feel lost what can food represent for all of us and it's a comfort food it is something that brings us back to our childhood to have a beautiful home-cooked meal a restaurant cooked meal so i started to really understand the role of food during chaotic times during this upcoming pandemic and from there i went to europe and managed to find my way back into the u.s before they closed down and then went up to new york and filming and helping out to set up operations there and then over to los angeles and a few weeks there working on food filming the stories of restaurant owners who are very worried about what's coming next about the future of their business about the loved ones and Then over to San Francisco, Oakland, Central Valley, and filming the stories of farm workers. Half of them in the U.S. are undocumented and telling the story of the the irony of this double moral structure in the U.S. that exists where the people who work the land are not able to put food on their table. And they don't even have a way to get citizenship, many of them so it's been a it's been a few months of non-stop movement which is very different from everybody else which has given me a unique perspective of the the collective pain that we are going through right now and also what can come out of this because we can go in different directions, infinite uh, trajectories are upon us right and there is a fear that we will go into a more of a police state where nationalistic. Uh, leaders or kind of elected officials is maybe a better word are driving this separation ideology down the throat of people and if we operate out of a fear mentality we are not going to be able to birth the future that will be able to give us an opportunity to to um, find balance and to regenerate ourselves and the ecosystem that we we love so much that we're part of just a little bit of context
2: and for I the like, last month I like the i've been saying,
1: yeah. <laughs> for the last month i've been very fortunate to live and work with the diné people living on the navajo nation between the four Sacred mountains And uh, it's the biggest uh, reservation in the U.S., 170,000 Diné people live within the four mountains and working together, creating food kits that we distribute through partners, through government, through nonprofits, through the entire Navajo Nation, food kits that enables the Diné people to stay at home and to be in quarantine. Because... Right now in the U.S., the community with the highest COVID rates per capita is the Navajo Nation. So I've been there for a month and hopefully I will be able to stay for another month. But the uncertainty in my life is very high and I try my best to create systems myself to, to stay calm and content and not get lost in the sauce. To start projecting the future too much or getting stuck in the past, but recognizing that this moment right now with you two is all there is.
0: Powerful words, Sebastian. Thank you for setting this context and for, for bringing us into this present moment right here, right now. And there's something very interesting that just sparked in what you shared there about, you know, these infinite possible timelines and the vision that is one of them. and. maybe from being able to see it from japan all the way to north america and like you know being one of the people that traveled so much what do you what do you reckon is one of the you know because on the positive side of this there's a lot of focus into a shared direction now there's a lot of unified Mm. focus what is like maybe most required in our human soul in our human existence to to take this as an opportunity to unify deeper
1: Whoa, whoa. Hmm. What I appreciate very much with the, the culture on the Navajo reservation is this recognition that we have been lost for a long time as a species and this structure that we all have to exist within is not serving us anymore or maybe even perhaps it never served us uh in from the beginning the way that we've been pillaging the earth the way that we have created wealth systems that is not benefiting all and uh, the navajo people are very Verbal in their way of sharing the the spiritual realms of their existence, the fact that they have as a sole mission to spread balance in the universe, in their lives, in their communities, and that balance that they have subconsciously within them. When I'm around in conversations, filming, when I'm allowed to. To go deeper with a person that I've just met, but because we are feeling each other as distant relatives, because we have shared from the heart our intention why we are here and what is the work that needs to be done, I am fortunate to dive into that storytelling aspect of our shared existence with that other person. And I feel that what uh, what we're calling in right now is to listen to listen to listen to the wind to figure out how we can be of service to all life on this planet and and really take a moment to let go of the the patterns that society have been subscribing to that are not in service to all living things anymore that is uh that is what i'm calling in and that's What I'm noticing a lot of people are requesting either through a language that that is easy to understand or by asking questions. Also, it's been interesting that is linked to this, I think, is how different genders are responding to the uncertainty. One of my realizations is how grounded women are during these uncertain times how men have a tendency to freak out or break down much easier than women that's been my realization from japan going to europe going into america it is the women who are holding the the strength who are holding space for the men at this moment and i don't know if people have had these conversations in mainstream media i remember a few months ago there was uh, an article that was talking about countries with female leaders was doing better than Mm -hmm. countries with male leaders and for me i was not surprised (laughs) there's a quote by the founder of three sisters that says that the rise of the feminine is the world's immune system kicking in and i think we are living that moment right now where this this rise of the feminine within all and through women are manifesting fully and we can feel it and for many men who are stuck in old patterns it is hard to recognize what to do i think a lot of men in powerful positions are struggling with, with finding their, their true north at this moment. What needs to happen because it's so easy to go into defensive positions about your values, about your approach to stability in your life and for the people that you're serving making that huge shift that we have been feeling inside of our bodies for a very long time. People who are on a regenerative path, that shift that needs to unfold for us to really be in a place of balance in all our relations and in, uh, in nature, in this ecosystem, that is, that is uh, that's what it's all about, no?
2: I was wondering, Sebastian, that you are always in the front line of many uh, ch- challenging events that happens in the world. And I was wondering, wh- why do you do that? And I know that you, you don't have a fixed uh, house or home, <laughs> call it whatever, for a while. Yeah. And and that I think it would be nice to explore the way you live and why you do things. Yeah, so
1: uh, I've been fortunate to to travel and to film in uh, over 130 countries. And the, the driving force have been my curiosity to explore the interconnectedness and the commonality of our journey here in this bardo, in this space between uh, death and birth, birth and death. And it's a contagious feeling when you are having similar conversations with people all around the world from very different walks of life, people who have been handed a very, very tough path for them to unlock and liberate their own existence. That opportunity that i have been given which my father describes as winning the lottery i was born in sweden free healthcare, free uh, education so much opportunity to to move between different places of thought to move between different income streams sweden has been that rock in my life but i also knew that i had to leave and I did leave when I was 17 to go study in the US for a year in high school. I did come back, finish my high school, but then I knew that after military, I had to go out. I had to go and, and seek my, my own inspiration. Inspiration that was not provided by the, the family that I have and the, the society that I grew up in. I needed to, to have that that epiphany that that waking up moment where i felt that my decisions was my own that that i was on my own quest for expansion and understanding how i can show up for my fellow humans my distant relatives the people that i've never met but i feel so strongly connected to and i want to uh, explore that why do i feel what I feel inside and where does this sensation of, of union with all living things come from and how can I tell that story and how can I inspire other people to, to, uh, to recognize that there are no barriers between all of us.
0: Beautiful. That's, that's exactly the the question at the the bottom of many of our pursuits. I can totally relate to that is like, you know, this, this innocent frequency or resonance of like the child's perspective is like, how come that we're not all feeling this? How, how come that we're not all s- striving for this already? And like a, just a, to share in a personal note, like I definitely feel that this was um, connected to all of my personal entering out into the world. Is like, where's the inspiration for all the change makers that can feel mm. this notion that, that this world is, is a, a changing organism and is not going down the drains.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: what role do that individuality that uniqueness that gift what role does that play for you you know everywhere you go i mean you know we, we, your you, your dad says you won the lottery um, which i think is a beautiful metaphor like because <laughs> from the outside you're obviously like a, a tall blonde uh european man but then on the inside you're something about your gift your individuality mm. your uniqueness allows you to embark onto all of these incredible mm. incredible connections
1: I. I I have, I have a, a little bit of an experiment for you. Yeah. So I think the way we describe who we are keeps on changing uh, all the time. Every day we wake up, we're a new person. Every day we go to bed, we're a new person. And it was funny that uh, you selected that version of my bio to read. It's a little bit of a mockumentary version of myself, making fun of all of it. All of it. Life is a cosmic joke. And then we go... <laughs> into a place of uh, of, of laughter because uh, of uh, of, f- of this sensation of, of of being feeling so fortunate that we are alive at this moment in time even though we are struggling so much right now to to unite and to create the shift of consciousness that is needed and um, me and Alicia, my best, who is my best friend, who is in the bio. I was so happy that you mentioned her because she's the one who taught me filmmaking. She's the one that I realize will be my guide. And she's giving birth in two weeks, which is really, really cool. And I hope to be there. It's going to be on the East Coast, maybe. But she hasn't even decided where she's going to give birth, which is hilarious, right? She might give birth next Thursday. She doesn't know if she's going to do it with a doula in nature in New Mexico or if she's going to do it in Washington, D.C., and that, that is, that is the, this, this, this infinite uh, road, roadmap that we have access to. And feeling okay with that has been a great driving force for me to just move forward and see where I end up if I just uh, try my very best to, to listen, to be present, and to see my fellow humans as fully equals beyond my, my ego, beyond my judgment, which sometimes is very active, sometimes more sub active in the, in the body. Um, Alicia and I, developed a set of questions that we have been asking presidents to grassroots activists to people who've been living in nature their entire life. We developed these questions maybe six years ago, seven years ago when we were in Papua New Guinea. And I would like to ask you these questions. And then in between the questions, I I will give you a little bit of feedback of some of the general strokes of Mm. thoughts. Let's do it. uh you, you B- both it? of us rodrigo <laughs> and me or like one <laughs> of the no, only
2: you only you
1: i can't i can't do everybody rodrigo i have, might have asked rodrigo in another time or i'll i figure it out I'll I've,
2: I've had those questions
0: before never mind go ahead okay so you'll, you'll smile about about what's coming that's awesome <laughs> this is a different okay. kind of episode you guys i love it already
1: so so try your best to answer in a full sentence that's what i would say uh you know when we're filming and sometimes there's only one camera sometimes there's two sometimes there's three i've done this with four cameras which is a little bit overwhelming for the person but try your best to answer in a full sentence what did you have for breakfast this morning this morning for breakfast i had uh and you can go in any direction the questions are somewhat vague uh so yes, my heartbeat
0: yes. is starting to speed up here
1: no i'm you're having not, this you're in, not. In,
0: internal experience of excitement which i love <laughs> which is, you know
1: <laughs> you're good okay question uh, number one who are you
0: i'm the spirit of infinite love incarnate is julian
2: <laughs> great <laughs> Because it's so long. <laughs> Do you
1: want to say something, Rodrigo, a comment?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you should also ask that question, Sebastian. <laughs> okay, to,
1: to, to myself. Okay. okay. So who are
0: you, Sebastian? Who are you, Sebastian? Okay,
1: so I am a human traveling through space and time, uh, continuously giving birth to uh, all my skills that I've been accumulating in this life and through all my people who have walked this earth before me in my lineage i love it <laughs> but it's, but yeah. this this initially when i started to answer this question myself i always said i'm sebastian which is like not a great indicator of anything about me right it's the name and i think we attach a lot of meaning into our names First and foremost, I'm a human. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I am right now. But every week, every second week, if I continue to ask this question, it's gonna change, right? And to be okay with that change and not, not write it down per se, but have this conversation. I think in a lot of cultures, when you write something down, it becomes dead. So mm-hmm. what's beautiful on Navajo Nation is this commitment to verbal culture and storytelling that is passed down not through digital means or through written word, but from the grandmother to the son, from the mother to the daughter. Just a little tangent. I was interviewing Charlie, who is bringing food out throughout the nation, and he said that. This is the moment where he wants to build a sweat lodge because he doesn't speak the Navajo language fluently and he doesn't know the stories as much as he would like to. So his father is going to teach him the songs that you sing in the sweat lodge and that's that's what he feels is the most important for him right now how to connect with his ancestors how connect with the knowledge and the wisdom of his people build a sweat lodge connect with his father learn the songs from the father he can't write down the songs he can't record the father singing them playing them with a drum he has to feel them and learn them that's how knowledge that is not dead is being passed down and through this process the knowledge will also warp and change and evolve with the times that we're living through Um, and i I, I felt that and uh, it is interesting how we in the western culture want to want to write everything down and film everything because somehow we think that we are saving the knowledge by capturing it in the written word or with the camera but the indigenous people throughout time have always been verbal cultures, right? So, just a little tangent, I think Thanks, we're ready Likensan. for- tangent, I think this
0: is very <laughs> insightful, man. I mean, you know, it, there's, there's probably arguments on both sides about the beauty of passing on written word or film or like creating mm. a library of the times that we're recording, but then mm. as you're saying, like the emotional frequency between people that's passed on through the spoken word, yeah. Mm. That's
2: a complete Mm.
1: level. (laughs) (laughs) So question number two, what are you doing now that you are here?
0: I'm a storyteller of the new earth. I'm a storyteller of the times that are coming. (laughs) And I'm here to transcribe, share and highlight those people that are born to live the times of change, to truly express them. To live them to embody them across all cultures all origins all ethnicities as one united humanity on planet earth mm. great
2: Something it sounds like, like i rehearsed this but
0: the truth is like these questions have been with me for like i'm so glad you're asking questions of like deep inquiry man this this has been with me for the last like decade and longer it's just like who am i why am i here what am i doing who am i why am yeah. i here what am i doing and so <laughs> you know even though on the outside you know I'm i'm still this this like dude from from central europe who, who <laughs> is another dude but but you know really like these questions have really moved me and they, yeah. they are i kind of wish mm. they would be like like the birth portal into this world like we all were to mm. be addressed mm. like that the first 10 15 20 years of our lifetime so mm. we we connect with each other as the star seeds, mm. the, soul, the soul seed within us, so we can grow the abundant tree of
1: living mm. culture. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for... see how this turned
2: into an interview <laughs> of me. So Sebastian, no, I, I, why I, I, are I would, you I would here? like to get
1: to know you. I would like to get to know you because <laughs> I didn't check any, any podcast before. I didn't do any reading up on your, your work on yourself and the work that you put out into the universe until this moment. I, I, I come in with a clean slate, and sometimes when I connect with other humans and go deeper, I, I do a lot of research. I read a lot, I would check in on things, you know, everything from the basic LinkedIn situation to doing the reading of, of that person from many, many years ago to see the shift and, and the growth, right? But I, I just you, felt you just so follow the pathway of trust that was connected yeah, yeah, of through.:. When my brother Rodrigo said, hey, I I would like you to be part of this interview series, I I had no idea it's going to be filmed. I didn't realize that it was a podcast. I wasn't sure what it was really. I didn't ask the questions, but I was lost in the sauce. You know, I was all around the place moving around and we've been trying to have this conversation for I think a month now and we have rescheduled a few times, but here we are, you know? So what am I doing now that I'm here? I'm trying my best to download the knowledge that can be shared with us for, for clarity. For, for, for the abundant mindset to, to come out and inspire other people to feel, hey, we got this, there is a path for us to live in balance with ourselves, to live in balance with nature, and we can bring that forth at this moment right now. Right now, we can feel that inside of us, in our body, in our spirit, which, you know, means breath. And if you think about breath as as your spirit, you know, it's the activator. The fact that you're doing breath work, what a great little cosmic joke you dropped on me uh, in the beginning of this call because yeah. Yeah. breath work is connected to all, you know, everything we do, everything. And that's
2: the source
1: of our existence, the breath in and out. And when we truly connect with our breath, there is that experience Expansion that unfolds inside. I couldn't
0: agree more with you, man. It's as we're breathing, so we're believing. The breathing enables and empowers the believing, because the the lungs hold belief, and the lungs then connect with the courage of the heart. Right? One of my my teachers in in the Kundalini lineage shared that kind of wisdom with me, and it Mm. it makes me chuckle when I when I have conversations with people that um, don't want to believe in a regenerative world, or who want to don't want to believe in a world that can change. Because when you, when you t- tap into the level of breathing that is had in those kind of conversations, there's very little conscious breathing. There's very little making space for the imagination to drop in, the, the nation of images to just be downloaded rather than, mm. it's just following this pathway of subconscious shallow breathing following the existing path. Mm. And, and so yeah, man, I mean, breathing is who are we but breath, you know? Who are <laughs> we
1: is that your original quote, or is it uh, something that was dropped five thousand years ago?
0: Who are we but breath? Oh man, I don't, I, I, I don't want to claim this. I mean, I've been saying this for a while, but probably it's
1: really tight. It's really. good it has been shared. Another I mean, I'm, I'm already seeing the t- the, the organic uh, cotton uh, t-shirts being printed with that on the back. You know, who, who are up? we but breath?
2: Amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you all know it, right? You all know this feeling, like if it isn't a a medicine ceremony or if it's when everyone is singing or i was actually mm. yesterday um you know giving historic <laughs> context to this i was uh, at a um i i would call it a unified people uh movement of black lives matter we we marched the golden gate bridge here in san francisco and you know it at moments it wasn't only like Friede for the Eierkuchen as we would say in german it wasn't only bliss and and, and beautiful it felt it, it kind of felt a little Weird at times, like we, we took over traffic and stopped the traffic on the bridge for a few minutes. And, um, but that united feeling that you have during a ceremony or during a protest or during a, a song, mm. it's like we're all breathing the same, mm. the same, not just the same air, which is like empirically true. We all are actually breathing the same air, but it's, it's like <laughs> we're connected on a layer of isness that goes so beyond this like shell of who I am and or who you are but it's it's like it makes us all feel the same telepathic connection
2: mm. Mm. yeah
1: yeah i had a lot of friends on that bridge and uh i was not there but i i, I felt i felt that bridge and that's uh through breath right mm-hmm. checking in checking out uh are we ready for the next question brother Wait, did you answer the second
2: question?
1: (laughs) Uh, You try to keep me accountable to more questions. Yeah, I think I answered, but I can summarize it in a few words. What are we doing? What am I doing now that I am here? Trying my best to be here right now and not getting stuck in the future or the past. That's not uh, life, really. That is much more in my head than this uh, dimension that we are existing in right now. To be here and now, that's what I'm calling in. And that's what I'm doing my very best. Because in my childhood, for so many years, I was not happy. 13, 14, 15, puberty, not that exciting for me. And my joy in life was the excitement of traveling with my family abroad. And I was very fortunate to see magical places on this earth with my parents. I was spoiled in that way through movement. And movement was my energy to to feel that aliveness but day-to-day life in sweden 14 15 i was not happy i was very confused Uh, many times i tried to use hard liquor to find some kind of epiphany of why i exist and it always backfired there's a moment where my father comes and picks me up in the forest i was probably 15 i had had some really bad polish vodka and a friend had called my father and I was in the bushes and he took me home and washed me off in the shower. And that was kind of a defining moment where, you know, toys and substances will not be able to give you that clarity. And you have to do the work yourself. There's no shortcuts, right? So just to be mm. and to listen. That's beautiful, put,
0: man. I, and to live. I want to know. I want to <laughs> Um unpack this though you said you were very confused let me ask a counter question like how can someone not be confused being alive in this kind of culture that is a death culture rather than a, a, as you said affirming life in the present moment with the earth how how can we not go through regular layers of depression or confusion if we're actually truly connected and this is something I I probably shared before in another episode but it's it's really true to my experience as a human. Maybe not so much as the persona that, I, uh, that people can perceive of me or whatever, but like in my experience, it's like these layers of confusion, depression, even boredom, they're, they're vital to give birth mm. to what actually wants to come through us. Because on the other side of that is, is us realizing, yeah, like, fuck that.
1: Mm. This is
0: not why we're here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just felt growing up in Sweden that my trajectory was predetermined, that my life was flashing in my head, and I did not have the opportunity to be the guardian of my own vessel. My own journey here was was decided by others, by the desires of the society that I grew up with, by the desires of what my parents probably thought that I should do or what what I should study or how I should you know make sure to make money to take care of myself to be independent and all these layers and all this request was overwhelming because at the core of it I didn't know what I was here to explore what I could do I just felt very, very confused with, uh, with this, this life. And I remember also being like, you know, first time you realize that you're going to die, you know, and you're, you're like trying to find some, some kind of bigger purpose. But you are what, like 10, 8, 9, 11? How old are you when you realize that there will be a moment where you will not exist in this form and shape? And that that's like the first real cry I think that we all have as, as humans on earth when we realize that we don't know what's coming post life on earth. So that brings me to the next question for you now. Um, how will you feel when you get there?
0: Where's there? Right. How will I feel when I get there? Um, well, I'll have to answer it with a cheeky reply to what you've been sharing a few times on, on this episode. I don't really think there is a there. I think the there is in the here and now. And this is, you know, I actually happened to watch this movie, uh, Mary Magdalene last night. It's a new version of the Jesus story with uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Uh, being reconciled from a prostitute into an apostle which i think is just a uh, like a intermittent step to really understand what happened back then in those times because we could go on and on about the role of the women in, in those in those groups and the energetic works and the interconnection of egypt india jerusalem and so forth but in that movie you know the the apostles other than mary were were they were like but he told us there will be a kingdom there will be the kingdom of God. You can't die, you can't go. We're waiting for the bear, as you just said. And, and she said, no, no, I finally understood what he meant to say. The kingdom is right here right now. It's on your inside if you truly, if you truly see, like I'll give you the, the metaphor to our current times, like getting lost in the crisis on the outside, getting lost in the media shitstorm that we're experiencing is a very, very um, alive option. For people on the planet right now and mm. it's it's very very tempting and let's just let's just leave it at that I, there's mm. probably more agenda behind that too mm. but the real here and now deep inside the, the like putting your feet in the soil and you know mm. breathing so, so nice <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't see the video sebastian is showing us <laughs> his feet right here right now barefoot <laughs> on the ground so that's uh. my answer to do that question. I don't know <laughs> if I answered it in
1: any way, shape, or form. No, I you did. You did. That. I mean, it's the most vague question so far in in this collection of questions for you. Um, if you had to do it all over again, how would you do it? If you had to do it all over again, how would you do it?
0: yeah that's such a beautiful question too if i had to do it all over again i would do it the exact same way because each step of the way i'm learning the next step like part of living from inner guidance is that i'm not even though i have plans or visions or goals every now and then i'm I'm really following the wisdom of 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 the nature traditions that is like one step at a time and do that Mm. fully and wholeheartedly so even though some things we might say would be better if we didn't do them, but all the pains I've experienced in this very lifetime—they made me to the mm. person I am today. Like every time my mm. heart broke in any relationship or in any in any mm. like longing for going back home or whatever, that my heart broke open.
2: Mm.
1: Thank you for sharing. Everybody, somehow, come back to that that collective answer, right? We are the accumulation of experiences that we have lived thus far and we wouldn't be here in this conversation unless we have done all the the things that we at some point regretted right the mistakes that became teachings the 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 moments that we broke our heart and we wish that we changed something but we wouldn't be as able to love and And to feel so much unless we have been through the ups and downs of the feelings that we feel so much when we are falling in and out of love and being love, and connecting with love and unlocking our new abilities to feel things we have never felt before.
0: Yeah, and you know, one of those feelings I'm feeling right now is that I'm I'm awkwardly aware that rodrigo was all silent this entire episode rodrigo do you have anything to chime in there i like i just want to make sure we're having a circular conversation because you're being such a beautiful witness to sebastian uh, positively hijacking this this interview.
2: i'm giving you my full support and by just being present here and uh, you know space holding i'm, I'm <laughs> happy with that i'm i'm just reflecting on you, you know, what you guys are saying
1: Mm. as i'm passing
2: through my own th- mm. things here as we are all doing mm-hmm. this right so just keep going think of me as a as someone watching this uh-huh. episode you know.
1: <laughs> rodrigo i love you so much you've been so important in my life opening so many portals to new places of learning new places of courage and i Like me starting to pick up instruments and feeling safe to unlock my voice and recognize that I am a multi-instrumental being and I have this opportunity to support other people, to recognize that we have this life to connect with sound and vibrations in a way that brings us back to our own creation, back into the womb, that heartbeat. Do-dunk, From that place, we can create sound landscapes for ourselves for Mother earth and for all the people in our lives and the people we don't know yet this collective feeling of togetherness that sound penetrates through us so rodrigo we can do a whole moment of 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 uh, listing all the moments that you have been there for me in this life and and believed in me and made me believe in myself, seeing the potential. And I think that what guides do for each other, when we are a little bit down and out, or when we feel lost on the path, someone who sees our light, who sees our tremendous infinite possibilities and what we can bring to the people around us, someone like that, someone like, the, like Rodrigo, who comes in and like, Phew. Sebastian, here's an opportunity, if you want, you are deeply invited. And to feel that, and to, to feel safe, to say yes, you know? It's about creating environments for, for, for learning. And for me, that has been a lifelong commitment. Either studying different ways of, of creating safe spaces for learning, or just being in those places where you feel safe. That, that, that is the, the, the shift, right? And coming back to the question, I would like to answer it myself. The the common answer for most people is I would have done exactly the same way, you know. But my best friend Fabian Port Miller, he said to me maybe like nine years ago that he wished that he took more risks earlier on in life. And I can relate to that for sure, you know. Because that's what we are doing when we are early stage in our development when we are crawling around when we're putting things in our mouth when we're hitting things when we're a baby we're taking risk all the time and then we become afraid of some of the outcomes because we get injured we swallow the wrong thing we eat something that is not ready to be eaten at this moment <laughs> yeah. so how that's why i'm so curious about what the inner child and the liberation of the inner child for all of us can do when it comes to our collective healing Because when I see a 50 year old playing the flute for the first time, and this person has been told that they do not have the skills, the abilities to play instruments, either their parents have said it or they have tried and given up because they did not feel safe. They did not feel like they could fail. They did not feel like they can spend more than a few minutes to try this instrument before they have to move on and say, I cannot do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not musically inclined but we all are so that that is that shift that i would like to be part of to create brave humans to take more risks in in a in a in a way that does not uh, harm right harm yourself or all sentient beings but this risk avert mindset does not help us to evolve and to explore new ways of doing things. How to take risks in a way that is aligned with, with our shared vision for what can become. That is, that is something that we could, we could infuse into that question and inspire people to to connect with, because it's, it's so easy to say I would have done exactly the same way. Because the question is, if you had to do it over again, if you had to, you know, like.
2: But let me, yeah, let me just ahead, add yeah. one thing here. Uh, I know you uh, for quite a while now, Sebastian, and I, I know mm. you have some uh, nice experiences in your life where you took a lot of risks. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't buy that much that answer you, you're giving <laughs> me. because you're not an ordinary people in terms of risk taking. Uh, speak a little bit about the day you've been executed <laughs> in Somalia, for example. Okay, i am ta- guys wanted to kill you. So what are you talking
1: okay. about? Okay, so I'm talking about calculated risk, right? Should I cross <laughs> this this water? That the river is going pretty fast. I have a bunch of camera equipment. Uh, Can I pass this uh, in a safe way? Is it safe for me to go to South Sudan right now, even though the two leaders of the country are are fighting? How do we have contingency plans set in place? So I do take risks, but I don't think I'm reckless. Um, Example, I've been going in and out of Somalia since 2012. We set up TEDx Mogadishu back in 2012 and that became this portal into the ordinary life of of Somalis and the upward struggle that people are on trying to find a way forward and moving all of the the destructive forces out through force and through a shift in narrative uh, al-shabaab had just left in 2012. They are a terrorist organization linked to Al Qaeda, and coming in and seeing how the Somali people are wanting so strongly to show the world and themselves that there is possibility to have peace in Somalia. For so long, there's been uh, conflict, civil war, warlordism. And when people think about Somalia, that's what they know. That's what they think that it is. But the story-driven me, the storyteller inside of me, was so inspired by the, by the resilience of the Somali people and the connection with the land and, the, and the, the potential trajectory that was available. I could see that there is a way that Somalia can once again become a thriving democracy and if you go back in history post-colonial time somalia was one of the most thriving democracies for a few years in africa 54 nations somalia was in the forefront and what became of somalia is a tragedy for all of us and that richness in the culture the way that Somalis show up for each other for the world I was just so blown away and feeling this strong connection to the Somali path as a Swedish person that have been so fortunate to to receive and invite a lot of Somalis that fled during the war I I just felt like a whole additional um, part of me came to life when I entered Somalia for the first time and then I kept on coming back, staying for weeks, staying for months, starting to live in a hotel room, starting to live at the close allies family home, in and out, staying and really wanted to be part of that shift. And what happened then was this phone call by the Swedish ambassador. Mikael Lindval. we became good friends and we would share intelligence and we would check in on each other. Every time I went in Somalia, I would contact him and tell him and connect with Swedish special forces that was based in Mogadishu. And it was part of the triangulation of information so that we could be as updated, both of us in what's happening on the ground and how we can protect ourselves from potential threats. And the phone call goes like this. Sebastian, I have received intelligence that there is a a threat on your life that Al-Qaeda-linked Al-Shabaab are planning to kidnap you. They have put out the word that they would like a Swedish journalist to be taken in, to be kidnapped, and we need to develop a plan for you to get out, for you and your team. And it's a shock, right? When, when, this, when this phone call comes in. Because you, you, yeah. you dance between, between being in La La Land a little bit sometimes because you're in a bubble, in a bubble, in a bubble. And, and you are surrounded by people with machine guns who are transporting you from, from one place to another. But at one point, you are seen a lot in the society. You are in a hotel having meetings. You are out filming by the beach. You are meeting the president, the vice president. You're, you're, you're out and about. And, and the stories that people learn about your existence create this, this desire to capture you and have you as, as a ploy for, for darker forces. The idea was that I would get kidnapped and then probably beheaded on on live TV or in a video message or kept as as at best I would be kept for a few years as a bargaining ship. But the idea of being beheaded, it's it's the darkest of all outcomes. And I uh, had a wake-up call that day and I realized that I will not be able to go back to Somalia for for a long time. I I have been burned, I was too public i was too much out there it was going too fast i had to slow down so we developed uh, a way to get me and three other team members out without creating any tension between our local partners and my living situation and that was crucial for for my ability to come back to somalia and and not to trigger any kind of rapid response from any subgroup in society who wanted to to take advantage of this request by al-shabaab to take me hostage or to kill me it was unclear i think but i was the only swedish person who was outside of the wire outside of the airport who was in Mogadishu in Hamar at that point so they didn't mention me by name but it was clear that they wanted to take me out and and that has been like an ongoing also like healing healing process for me to, to 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 recognize the fragility that we have because i've lost so many people i love in somalia that have been killed by bombs by guns to their head as they speak out and and what is so important is to recognize that every time i am in somalia and people show up to support and for me when i am inviting people into different stories that needs to be told because these are the stories that can shift the trajectory of the somali path we put people at risk i can always leave but the people who live in somalia that are showing up for the collective human identity outside of of extremism, there is hardship and there's a risk that everybody takes. So we just need to really recognize that we are very, very fortunate in our mobility when we enter new places as filmmakers, as storytellers. We can leave when the civil war comes. And that's also one of, of those struggles that we have, how to deal with this privilege, how to deal with this passport that I have that gives me access to any country in the world.
0: Yeah, that's a really- And
1: overcome that and say, hey, this is what I was gifted with, now do my very best to be of service for all living things and not let that guilt um, plague me anymore. Because it has, right? For all of us, somehow we, we are feeling a little bit weird about this fortunate situation that, that we have. We are not injured. Our families are fine. We are, have found a way to, to make enough money to be okay. And, uh, and then we meet the others, our brothers and sisters who have been dealt with such a hard plate of, of lack of options anytime you go to a refugee camp just truly feeling that that place and not not muting yourself I think that that's one of the things that we, we, uh, we have <laughs> what, what is the collective healing right how do we unmute to feel all the things that we are able to feel as humans. That's the the big unlocking, right? And to recognize that the healing of one is the healing of all and the healing of all is the healing of one. So when you are doing good, I'm doing good. When you're in pain, I'm in pain too. Yeah.
0: There's a deep wisdom in that. Let let, let that sink in. Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. So that brings me to my next question for you. What is your responsibility as an earthling walking this earth?
0: Wow. That's a powerful question. My responsibility as an earthling on earth is...
1: Walking. What is your responsibility as an earthling walking Walking. this earth?
0: Walking this earth. (laughs) There's a few things that come up for me. One is to metaphorically kiss the earth with every step I make. So that the mycelial intelligence that is underneath us, that we're just about to understand, is informed <laughs> is informed with not just my positive intentions, but with how each of my steps is a part of the collective healing. And beyond beyond the, the specific walking part, I would say is to overcome the fear or guilt of response of, of privilege and learn to be able to respond responsibility of that privilege. To step forward to listen longer to to speak up mm. to stand up right now with racial reconciliation being a, a big global topic that's very important to listen longer to let those speak that have not been heard for a long time mm. and i think the responsibility or the, the the you know that that notion of being alive for me personally and i know the two of you resonate on this wavelength is to be an earth guardian Mm. I don't believe in a uh, transhuman future of becoming technology. I do believe that there is an intersection point between humans and technology. I very mm. much appreciate my cell phone and the Zoom call that made this possible. But uh, I don't want to become a robot, nor do I want humans to become robots. And so, you know, I, I believe that our evolution is to heal the trauma, to unmute. You said it so well, Sebastian. To unmute the pain, to feel it, to really feel it. I'll give you a, a personal um taste of the 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 racial reconciliation topic that's currently really coming up i had to admit and acknowledge that i wasn't feeling it i was thinking it i was well educated about it i understood that there is a systemic issue of racism going on this planet uh, in in my home country in Germany, it's it's not so much against blacks, it's more against Muslims, you know, or, or, or uh, immigrants. In other countries, it's Muslims are often and Arabs are often the focus, and um, people of color, obviously, and people of all kinds of origins. But I couldn't really feel it; I was thinking it, and so unmute this feeling and and being bold enough, brave enough, and I think also determined enough to return to love every step, because it's sometimes not easy a determination and I'll, I'll go full circle to what you said earlier sebastian like the inner child like the inner child is determined to fucking walk there's no human on earth is like oh no i tried this walking thing but i fall on my nose every time and it just doesn't work for me i mean you guys are all walking but i won't that doesn't exist and there's a reason for it because there's a determination there's like a conviction that with with practice with love with uh, embodying it it will it will work out at some point and so i think my responsibility walking on earth is to bring this to everything i create to to be one of the many pathways into this more beautiful future that our hearts know is
1: possible thank you thank you thank you for sharing that and sharing your vulnerability as well about where we are right now and what we are going through rodrigo can we invite you to share your thoughts on these questions as well?
2: Sure. Well, I was just thinking about that. And, and I'm gonna be open now and say that uh, in this very moment in time, I'm kind of doubt. I am kind of in doubt, or what is my responsibility here? walk in the desert i I'm, I'm totally aware that i I'm here to take care of my family, my friends, my relations planet earth but I, I feel a sense of confusion right now and and I feel that I am doing less than i should than i could and and this is uh I always go back back and forth and I could work uh, tons of hours more I could I could write more I could do more interviews but at the same time I wouldn't be taking care of my family and I I don't want to you know be in a place where I am recognized by the things that I do and I'm you know very present in social media people are saying good things about me and then my ego goes inflated and I and I look around my my home and it's broken And this is somehow what I'm feeling right now, because uh, it's kind of hard to have the proper relationships in between uh, our family here. It's not, it's not that something is wrong. It's not. But the fact is that we are talking about that. And and I'm saying that because I think this represents uh, something of the whole, because uh, it's very hard in in this society where we're living in, with so much Uh, things demanding our attention all the time, that we find the time to talk to each other and and, and just do a check-in and and Mm -hmm. go and ask, how are you feeling now? Mm -hmm. What do you need now? And going back to your previous question, Sebastian, on what, uh, if I had to do it all over again, how would I do it? I would definitely be less self-centered. I think I've been self-centered a lot in my whole life. Even though being aware of that, I I just struggle against it all the time. And and I was like uh, feeling this uh, very uncomfortable feeling of watching people wearing masks. And and then uh, when you go out in the street now and see people wearing masks, somehow it reminds me of we are all one, you know, <laughs> and it kind of takes away the diversity, it's everyone's like a, a pair of eyes. And of course, there's, <laughs> there's a difference in uh, how tall are you and the way you move and all those things, but it, it gets out a lot of the, the narcissistic thing. And that's, you know, it hides it. And it brings a new point of view and how 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 are we dealing with that right now and and that's no coincidence that the the thing on the racism is, is showing up right now it's because of that because i think we are finally and thank you Julian, for bringing that because we are always thinking about that but not really feeling it and i think mm. this is already this is such an opportunity for us to really look into that issue and finally do something about it. And so, and so I am quite confused about my responsibility right now, but I, I'll keep my critical thinking and I'm sure I'm gonna uh, find that out. And then I'm gonna think I'm, I don't know about that. And then I'm gonna find that out again. And that that's how it goes. I don't wanna be sure about anything right now because uh, I I, I am only sure about taking care of ourselves hmm. you guys all. this is such an
0: episode than most of these episodes are and i'm, I'm loving it we're, we're going we're going a little longer too that's all that's all great and rodrigo like we we mentioned it a little earlier like that confusion you're feeling let that inform right that like it's all information and 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 this idea that anyone has it figured out it's bullshit no one has it figured out right and you know, if it is any teacher of the great mystery, any great mystic from, from Jesus to our enlightened brothers and sisters now to, to the, the information that comes from the cosmos or the plant medicines, it's all about dropping into the heart. Mm-hmm. And all of us, like, that's why I mentioned it, like, we can all relate, especially maybe the men, and we're three guys right here, right now. Like, we're thinkers. We pride ourselves with intellectual achievement it's never going to get us to this, this embodied new state of the earth. And I mean, Sebastian, you with the Navajo mm-hmm. people, like, you know, the indigenous people of the earth, whenever I've met any indigenous tribe of any land, their way of being senses you, it feels you. It doesn't mm-hmm. think with you. It doesn't go into the, the proud achievements of our modern society, it, but it mm-hmm. senses and feels you. And if your heart is in the right place, they accept you. They, they mm-hmm. recognize you. Mm. And if your heart is barely beating and you're breathing
1: shallowly, they'll show mm. you really fast.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: one of the teachings that I have learned is that once the bond between a Dine person, a person from Navajo and an outsider is done, once, once you have unified, that bond is for life. So I have a few very strong connections with people from Navajo Nation. And I have to realize that this is a lifelong commitment to honor that connection and to nurture that connection and to check in and come back and revisit and to bring the person that I love into the land and introduce them to the people who have been there for me, who believes in me, who see me and share their heart with me. that 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 kind of eternal bond that is merged when when the hearts collide. That that is what inspires me to want to stay as long as possible to go deeper into what can the world learn right now from the indigenous struggle, from the wisdom that the elders are holding. And I'm right now actually in the middle of editing a four-minute long film about this and how it relates to food and I have so many different voices that I'm trying to put in a timeline that creates the sensation uh, of of hope, but also unlocks the, the hardship that we are faced right now because the compounded outside interventions on this land and all around us, we are the cause and effect is really uh, coming to a, a hard turn for us, where we really need to start taking action with the intention of long-term re-establishment of balance. We as humans are very short-term in our actions, and I think that we more now than ever feel that how politicians have been the leaders of the response rather than the community of thought leaders, academics, the experts on how to deal with the pandemic. And coming back to Sweden, which is where I come from, I've had such a hard journey to feel, to feel what I, what I, what I, what is bubbling up inside because somehow, the media around the world would like Sweden to fail or Sweden to acknowledge that they did the wrong thing to keep the society half open. But as I listen to my family, as I listen to radio shows, the things that that Sweden prides themselves with, this national identity comes from the open democratic system that we have, this, this ability for for people to speak their truth and be acknowledged so the experts are are sharing the the thoughts how we should deal with the with the pandemic and and i i'm i'm totally down with with how sweden has been doing with this and we don't know yet fully if the swedish path is the framework for the rest of the world but i have felt so many back and forth in the last few months. Sweden is doing shit. Why are we not closing down? Sweden is doing great. We're on the right path. Sweden is doing shit. We have lost so many elders. Why didn't we close down people from visiting the old people's home? It took us so long. We should have done it two weeks, three weeks before we actually ended up doing it. So... This this competition that are happening right now that's the hardship because that separates us too. Every country would like to show to their citizens that they did the right thing in in their decision making, that they are responsible for lives, that they respect all lives. Depending doesn't depend on on how much money you have or how much social net uh, kind of safety net net you have access to. You know, there's a competition right now between governments in 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 how we deal with chaos, how we deal with uncertainty, and I I am worried that we are moving further away in some aspects than actually uniting. Um, yeah, just a little tangent that I went on there. (laughs) I felt like I need to share a little bit of my Swedish identity and the the struggle within me because I'm not in in Sweden. And I left Sweden 16 years ago. So who am I? I'm, I'm a human being traveling this, this beautiful earth in search for my, uh, my moments of, of activation. But also, I grew up in Sweden. I'm very proud of Sweden. And the place in this world where I play taxes right now is Sweden. Because I received so much support. And I still do get a lot of support by Sweden. So... You know, like, but even that thing, like where do you want to pay taxes in the world? like would you want to pay taxes in America like do you feel that the money that goes in is really supporting the the people on that land and and the the message that we would like to feel connected with that the government is sending out through its actions like where do we actually want to pay taxes? That's also like a a, a crisis of uh national structure the idea of nations right if nobody feels that they the money that they give to their governments are actually part of the the new narrative that they want to to unfold for for us here on the earth how can we use the the structures of nations to be part of the shift and maybe you can answer this what what will be the catalyst what should be the catalyst because from a climate standpoint we have not been able to work through international bodies and governments to consume less to cut our carbon footprint and to be as radical as we have to be as a species to survive planet earth is, would, would probably be quite happy to lose us as a species but we are clinging on to the idea that we belong here Mm -hmm. and in one narrative we do belong here and we could be living in harmony with all sentient beings and we could be in the middle of all animals not on top or separate from the other animals in a
0: circle right yeah for sure let me jump in there and (laughs) and maybe maybe we make a round of last questions just just in in regards to like this beautiful circular dialogue that has been going on and and so i want to challenge what you said i believe planet earth is happy of us being here i believe mother gaia wants us to be on this evolutionary path of learning and aligning back into the harmony of nature and i think Mm -hmm we ourselves detest a little bit of ourselves. And that's why we, have, we we further this narrative of like, oh, Earth would be better off without humans because we haven't fully accepted ourselves for the destructive ability we have. We are human beings. We can kill everything and we can give birth to everything. We have to admit that, acknowledge that, see that and understand that that's, that's who we are and we can choose from there what we do with this power. And so long story short, the context of nations, shortest pathway there is, is to... You know, um, expose the secret pathways of power and the secret pathways of funding military budgets across Mm. nations. Uh, The United States is definitely a part of that. Um, uh, If that is the CIA or the Mossad or the the cabal that's behind it, let's not even get lost there. That's the shortest pathway: is Mm. to to de-expose the deception that happened, and then across nations and maybe countries like Sweden, Mm. you know, that are smaller in number can be positive beacons of light of showing us what will it look like when we invest our focus, which we call currency, our currency and our monetary systems into livingry, not weaponry. And what mm. world will become possible then?
1: Thank and you. Maybe, thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And maybe we go around because funnily enough, <laughs> Sebastian, this is like, this is part of my usual like last question is, is like, what world do you dream of in a seven-generational mm. context? Like if mm. we were, hey, let's zoom out a little bit mm. and let's, let's imagine that we, we are allowed to dream. We are, we are mm. uh, actually encouraged to dream together um, mm. in a seven-generational context going forward. If we were ancestors of the future, what kind of ancestors
1: do you reckon we can be? Just mm. yes, going back to currency, right? Wouldn't uh, the world that we could birth have in the center that uh, presence is the greatest currency of all, and giving your presence to someone is the greatest gift of all. Mm. That's a deep one then. You know Continue to unlock your heart. There's always another rabbit hole of uh, sensations you can dive into deeper, 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 deeper. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if you feel the entire breath of all humans when you are breathing? How can we move to that place where every breath becomes conscious? connecting you know we have uh, attempts to do large global meditation sessions Mm -hmm. but it's happening all around us all the time i went to sedona uh, a few weeks ago and i was spending time with this guitar teacher guitar repairman kenny and his wife is japanese and she went to sweden and studied Art back in the 80s and she started speaking Swedish with me and I just found them on Google because I felt that I wanted to have access to a guitar because my guitar is in quarantine in Mexico City and in of all my 30 instruments that I have here with me the guitar was missing when I play guitar I enter that currency that mm-hmm. present state where I'm having such a great time with myself right so what I wish for humanity moving forward is that we are truly happy with ourselves. Being alone, and recognizing that we are never alone, even though we might feel that we are the only human nearby, you are never alone. Kenny, the guitar teacher, and Nana from Japan. She who speaks Swedish. Who speaks Swedish? Yeah, my brain is uh, tangential, right? So I have four, five, eight different tabs open, like in a browser, and I switch back and forth. And part of finding the others is finding people who are comfortable with non-linear conversation yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and it, it, it's helpful to to know uh that you guys uh, can flow like that too because otherwise you're gonna be it's gonna be hard sometimes to just flow in your thoughts you know to live a life of of as little friction as possible that's what i wish for my fellow humans and going back to nana and kenny So people told me before going to Sedona, wow, it's such a vortex there. Like, you know, go to this mountaintop, go here, check that out. You know, okay, vortex is one of those places on earth where there's a lot of energy in motion. And I said, Nana, like, hey, what a vortex? And she's like, Sebastian, I think that everything is a vortex. You know, like, yes, people talk about this place as as a vortex on earth, but yes, Step outside of of that mindset for a moment and just recognize that just being here alive at this moment, you are part of this huge vortex that is surrounding us. And it's, uh, it's a privilege and pleasure to be alive and to unravel this mystery that is never ending, right? To know that we're living this great mystery and be okay with it that is that comfort that I come back to and that unlocks my curiosity to just continue towards the, the battle of exploding love all around us in all my actions. The heart. That's it. Heart, 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 heart. I see your heart. I love your heart. I love you. I see your heart. I love you. Thank you for sharing your heart with me. And that brings me to the last question. I just have to throw it in here. Do it. Where, where is your ocean?
0: Where is my ocean? My ocean is an ocean of devotion. It's an up and down. It's a back and forth. It's infinite. And it carries me back and back again to that high string of devotion, because I believe when I live in a state of devotion and prayer,
2: mm. Mm.
0: there is a different quality to my life. And maybe that's not entirely the world I was born into, but it is the world mm. that I carry in my heart. And I, I see it mirrored in beautiful souls like, like you, Sebastian, like you or mm. Diego. And I want to also shout out everyone who's tuned into this conversation and listening. I can feel it through the resonance of, of you listening because we all know that this is possible within the human vessel, and so that's that's my ocean. My, my ocean is a place where <laughs> we can we can you know take topics like devotion and prayer out of the misconception of making it linear mm. and needing to understand it and just surrendering
2: mm. into it.
1: Mm. One of the the sentences that I enjoy to to share with the people around me that was gifted to me a few years ago by a friend in a circle. I appreciate you. Just that simple sentence to new people in your life or people you've known for a long time. I don't believe that the connection we have with other humans is connected to the amount of time that we have spent with them. It's our ability to really show our heart and not being afraid of that process with another human, to really be vulnerable together and and just yes, let go of the outcome. That is uh, the connection that happens. And you can create that bond within five minutes or five hours or, or a, a lifetime sometimes it takes for us to enter that safe space of connection. So I appreciate you so much and I love you and I look forward to see you in San Francisco maybe in a few weeks. Maybe I will go west coast, maybe I will go east coast too hard to know at this moment but i know that our our paths are deeply connected and uh, i look forward to do more work together in this life thank you sebastian
0: thank you rodrigo i appreciate both of you for showing up in this rawness in this free-flowing multiple tabs open style of conversation (laughs) and just simply surrendering to the, the flow of what wants to be shared through this unique constellation of the three of us and until we meet for the first time or for the next time in, in the body. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you Sebastian
2: for bringing your for Light and Love. Always. Mm. My friend. Thank I you love really you for making this happen. <laughs> yeah, guys.
0: Thanks for listening, and here we are again. This is your host Julian. I hope you truly enjoyed this episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast and received some insights and knowledge for your life, relationships, and business. If you love Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, make sure to subscribe, leave a review that really allows this podcast to reach a broader audience and share it with a friend. Let me also remind you that this podcast is currently entirely self-funded. I'm a transformational coach and mentor, a breathwork guide, and want to offer all my listeners a full 10% off my private coaching work.
2: That is as much as
0: $500 for a 3-month program and this discount applies for all one-on-one coaching offers as well as some select coaching groups that I host in person. If you're curious and interested, make sure to visit the website greenplanet-blueplanet.com and click work with Julian. Let me tell you a little bit more about my planetary purpose and leadership programs. I am committed to accelerating our human tribe Going deep into unconditioning the blocking beliefs and blind spots, enabling your gifts and clarity to amplify for aligned business, healthy relationships and overall presence with life. I have worked with hundreds of people across the world, either one on one in small coaching groups online or in person at events. It is my gift to boost authentic confidence and guide you while asking the deepest questions that get you to address your dormant potential. I am an activator and catalyst for those who are ready to step into the highest version of themselves. We live in unique times and let me tell you from experience, having a coach makes a massive difference. I specialize on supporting successful entrepreneurs in unpacking their purpose and joy of life. I do work with startup entrepreneurs and artists as well and on request I host individual breathwork mentorships. If you want to learn more how to support the show or suggest a guest, you can also simply send me an email. If you want to take advantage of the offer I just mentioned and claim the 10% discount, simply book a free consultation with me through my website that is greenplanet-blueplanet.com mentorships and mention the end of episode discount and I'll give the discount code to you right here, right now. It's 808. That's right. That's your code right here, right now, 808. Mention it to me in our free consultation that you can book by the website and 10% are yours. That being said, thank you so much for listening today. Have yourself an amazing day. Don't forget to hit subscribe, review the show, and share it with a friend.